What is love? That's not just a rhetorical question. And it's also not just a techno song from the early 90s. I'm glad a couple of y'all laughed. No, but it's a serious question. It's a serious question. What is love? Right? And it's important that we know the answer to that question because of two things that our faith teaches us. Two things that our faith teaches us that tell us that this is probably the most important question that we can ask ourselves. The first is that God is love. God is love. And the second is that God became man so that we might become like God. In other words, so that we might become like love. So love is our purpose. Love, to become like love, is our mission. That's the meaning of our lives. And if we don't know what love is, how can we achieve that purpose? How can we fulfill our mission? What is love? The two greatest commandments that God gives us are to love God and to love our neighbor. God commands us to love. He tells us we have to love. And so that tells us that love can't be a feeling. It's not what we think of when we talk about romantic love, right, or puppy love. It's not affection, because you can't command someone to feel a certain way. You can't command a feeling. If you don't believe me, next time you see someone who's sad or depressed, just try telling them, oh, don't be sad. See if that works, right? No, you can't command a feeling. Feelings just happen to you. So love has to be then an act of the will. It has to be something that we can choose, that we can choose to do. And in fact, you can argue that the only reason that God gave us free will to begin with is so we would be capable of love. I'm going to cut to the chase, and I'm going to give you the best definition of love that I know based on what God has revealed to us about himself, he who is love. Here's the definition of love. Love is the free gift of self from one person to another person. I'll say it one more time. Love is the free gift of self of one person to another person. Love is a free gift. That means it can't be bought. It can't be forced. It can't be coerced out of someone. It can only be given freely. And the gift that is given is the most valuable thing that you possess. It is yourself. It is your identity as a person. And it can only be given by a person. Because a person is someone that has Rational intellect, the capacity for rational intellect and the capacity for free will. In other words, a person has agency. A person is someone who is made in the image and likeness of God. And the only thing in the universe that is worthy of the gift of a person is another person. And that's what love is. It's when one person freely gives themselves to another person or persons. This is what God shows us in Christ 
In Christ, God gives himself personally to us in love. This is what God teaches us to do by his commandments and enables us to do by his grace, to give ourselves freely to one another and above all to him. And this is, this is the key to understanding the spiritual life. Sometimes when we think of the spiritual life, it's hard for us to, to, to grasp. You know, I, I realize it's esoteric, it's kind of theoretical or transcendent, right? But no, it's really very practical. It's this, it's love. The Second Vatican Council teaches us that we all, all of us, have a universal call to holiness. We all have a vocation to be holy. Another word for that is sanctification, to become holy, to become like God, which means that we have to grow in love. That is our vocation. We have to learn to freely give ourselves to others, and we have to learn throughout the course of our lives to do it more and more completely to make that complete gift of ourselves to others in love, first and foremost, God. The spiritual life, then, the, our growth in holiness, is all about becoming more selfless and less selfish. If you need a little help to do an examination of conscience, right, to check in how you're doing in the spiritual life, how selfish am I? Sit down and reflect. How selfish am I? Or how selfless Am I becoming? Because if you think about all the sins, right? All the sins are selfish actions. All the sins are directed inward toward our own comfort, our own pleasure, our own ease, our own desires, right? Pick your favorite sin. I don't care which one it is. Greed, envy, lust, sloth, pride. All of these vices, they all just revolve around our own ego. They all put ourselves at the center of the universe. It's all about me, 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 all of these sins, right? But the virtues, the virtues do the exact opposite. They direct us away from ourselves, out from ourselves, towards others. The virtues teach us to think of others before ourselves and to put ourselves at the service of others. And so as we become virtuous, we become holy, we become like a saint, we learn to give ourselves in love. It's all about growing in love. But the challenge for us in doing all of that is we don't want to. We don't want to let go of our own ego, right? We like our, our ego. We like our sense of identity. We like thinking of ourselves first. It's hard for us not to because, because I think we're afraid of losing our sense of self if we give too much of ourselves to others, especially if we give too much of ourselves to God. And that's what we fear might happen, that we'd lose ourselves if we give ourselves fully away. And so we love, but we hold back. We give a little bit of ourselves, but we keep some of ourselves, you know, just for us. And our love remains imperfect, and our spiritual life can stagnate. And we don't become as holy as we should be. Right? We have this feeling that if we give our whole lives over to God in the way that the church is asking us to do, there won't be anything left of ourselves. Right? And, and holiness, perfect holiness, means losing our identity. And I'll give an example of, of how that can manifest itself, what that means. Today, today is the Feast of St. Blaise. 
It's also the fourth Sunday of ordinary time, but February 3rd is, is when we celebrate the Feast of, of St. Blaise. And after um, we do the prayers of the faithful, after the homily, Father and I will come out and we will do the traditional St. Blaise blessing of throats. Because St. Blaise is a patron of those who suffer from throat ailments. And so we'll bless everyone's throat who wants their throat blessed. Um, and sometimes people will ask me, they'll ask me about patron saints. And they'll say, how does a saint get to be the patron of a thing? How does that work, right? I say, well, normally it's because of some special association that that saint had with, with something, whatever it is, in their life. Uh, St. John Bosco, whose feast day we celebrated um, last week, um, he liked to work with children. He did a lot of work with children, and so he's a patron saint of youth ministry. Um, St. John Vianney did a lot in his life to bolster the priestly formation, uh, the formation of the clergy, and so he's considered the patron saint of parish priests. Um, St. Blaise was a 4th century bishop, but he was also a medical doctor. And once a mother brought her young son to St. Blaise because the son was choking on a fishbone. He had a fishbone lodged in his throat that he couldn't dislodge. And so St. Blaise healed him. And so St. Blaise is the patron of those suffering from ailments of the throat. Right? And that's a nice story. Okay, that makes sense. That's why he's a patron saint of, of throat ailments. But but really, like, why does that mean that we should pray to St. Blaise if we've got a sore throat or something? Why do we think St. Blaise would really care about that? Doesn't he have other things to do, you know? It's not as if when St. Blaise got to heaven, St. Peter was there waiting for him, and he, and he had, a, had a clipboard, and he's like, oh, Blaise, we've been waiting for you. Um, HR, send up your resume, and I see you've got experience with throats, and uh, we need a throat guy. Um, we get a lot of requests for that sort of thing. So we're going to forward all the throat prayers to your inbox, and you just be the patron of, you know, throats now, right? Bonnie's laughing over there. It's ridiculous. It's a farce. But behind that, that kind of farcical attitude is this, this assumption that the saints in heaven must have better things to do than be concerned with us. It's this assumption that, okay, saints experience perfect union with God, and you know they've given themselves totally to God, and that must be something. That must be something like Nirvana, where they're just you know in this state of total transcendence, with you know lost in the glory of God, with with no sense of self you know anymore. It's just they're just lost in God, and that's entirely wrong. That is entirely wrong. That's Buddhism. That's not Christianity. That is not what we believe. What we believe is the exact opposite of that. We do believe that God, that the saints are united with God perfectly in heaven, yes. We do believe that they've given themselves completely in love to God as we're all called to do. That part's true. But it doesn't mean that they've lost themselves. It means they finally found themselves. The saints in heaven are more fully themselves than they ever were here on earth. So if a saint exhibited a certain concern or interest or affinity during his or her life on earth, then that trait doesn't go away. Who they are doesn't disappear. In fact, it becomes intensified because now it's perfected in God's love. This is one of the most important truths of the faith for you to understand. You can only discover yourself by giving yourself away. 
You become your true self only when you give yourself away. And that might sound like a paradox, but it's not. It's not. Think back. What's the first thing that the scriptures tell us about who we are? Genesis chapter 2. We are made in the image of God. We are made in the image of God. And God is love. And love is that free gift of self from one person to another. That's what God is. God is the gift of self from one person to another. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, each person giving themselves to the other persons of the Trinity for all eternity. God is gift of self. God gives himself away. And we are made in that image. That's who we are. That's our identity. Our identity is to give ourselves away. Our identity is love. That's why we only become our true selves when we do that. Because we're made to love. And we're made to be loved. We know this. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You don't have to learn this in the church. You can learn this from any pop psychologist. They all know we just, we just want to love and to be loved. Every poet knows this. Every songwriter knows this. Every novelist knows this. Right? Every angsty teenager knows this. That's all we all want. We just want to love and to be loved. We know it in our core because that's our identity. And Jesus takes this truth that we all know and we all feel in our hearts and he articulates it for us. And he shows us how to live this out. He shows us what to do with this feeling we have of needing to love and to be loved. He tells us, no greater love has man than this, than to lay down his life for a friend. And he tells us, if you love your life, in other words, if you're selfish about your life, you'll lose it. But if you hate your life, if you give it away, then you will gain it for eternity. He teaches us this. And then he says, you must follow me. You must follow me. And he shows us how to love. He shows us how to love on the cross when he gives himself to us, and then he tells us, take up your cross daily and follow me in love. He calls us to particular vocations to teach us how to love. We all have a universal vocation to love, but he gives us a particular vocation. For most of us, that's marriage, where we're called to give ourselves in love to our spouse and to our children. For some of us, it's holy orders, where we're called to give ourselves in loving service to the church. Some are called to a vocation in religious life, where we're called to give ourselves in love in a very special way to Christ as as members of his bride. Every vocation is different, but they all do the same thing. They all focus our love for us and make that love possible. They all teach us how to love. Even those who are called to the single life, Right? Those who are not married, those who are not in holy orders, those, those who aren't called to the religious life, even if you're called to the single life, you still have to consecrate your life to God in love because there's no such thing as just a passive vocation. We're all made to give ourselves away. We're all made to give ourselves away, whatever our state in life. We have today one of the most beautiful passages in the scripture about love, from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. You know, and he teaches us, you know, even if I speak in the tongue of humans and angels, if I don't have love, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. 
If I have faith to move mountains and I don't have love, I've got nothing. If I give away everything that I have and I don't have love, I have nothing. Because if I give away everything that I have but I don't have love, that means I have not given away myself. You can give away everything you have, but if you keep yourself for yourself, you have nothing because you don't have love. And love is everything. Love endures. Love never fails. At the end of time, love will be all that will remain. Even faith and hope will disappear because their object, their purpose will have been realized. Faith and hope direct us towards God. And in heaven, we will have God, which means we will have love, perfect love. And only love remains. And it is then, St. Paul says, when the partial has passed away and all that remains is the perfect, then I shall know fully as I am fully known. I am fully known. That's where St. Paul found his identity and that's where you and I will find our identity in heaven where our identity, who we really are, is fully revealed. So this is my message for you today. Don't be afraid to give yourself away in love. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to lose yourself in love of your spouse, of your children, of your parents, of your friends. And above all, don't be afraid to... Give yourself away to God. Don't be afraid of losing yourself in God because God doesn't want to diminish who you are in any way. He loves you. He gave you your identity. He knows who you are better than you know yourself. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. God wants to bring your identity as a saint to perfection. And the way that we discover that is by giving ourselves in love of God and then giving ourselves in loving service to our neighbors, those God is calling us to love. That's how we achieve joy. That's how we find peace. That's how we find ourselves. And that's how we become a saint.